So without any further ado, because we know time is marching on, I just want to introduce the message that we've been, uh, the series that we've been sharing with you from Psalm 91. You know, it was not too long ago that we did a series on praying apostolic prayers. How many of you remember that series? Yes, some of you do remember that series because we were in that series learning how to pray the Word of God. You know, often we don't know how to pray as we ought, but God has given us this book that is not mere black letters on a white page. What is written here has been breathed by God. Yes, he used human instrumentality to pen those words, but all scripture is God-breathed, Paul told Timothy, and is profitable from Genesis to Revelation. It's profitable for many things, but one thing that we need to learn to grow in, and that is, it is profitable as a prayer book. We should not just read the scripture, we should pray the scripture. We all want our prayers answered. Why spend time in prayer if we don't have an assurance that God is going to answer our prayer? And we know there are times that the Bible tells us God will not answer your prayer, husband, if you're holding bitterness against your wife and not forgiving her. Just stop wasting your breath, right? God doesn't answer our prayer when we just have selfish motives, and we want something so it'll make us feel good, look good, be good. God says, when it's for my honor and glory, when it's in alignment with my will, then I will give you those things that are according to my will. How do we know the will of God? It's in the word of God. So when you pray the word of God, you are praying the will of God. Now, of course, when we were studying the apostolic prayers, they're all in the New Testament. But did you know that Psalms is a wonderful prayer book? And I trust that as we've been going through Psalm 91, that we will see this is a beautiful passage of Scripture to encourage us to pray the promises of protection that we have been looking at. Martin Lloyd-Jones, the famous Welsh preacher, reminds us that we spend too much time listening to ourselves, to our doubts, our fears, our anxieties, and not enough time talking to ourselves, telling ourselves, and agreeing with God's word as we pray. And what's he praying here from Psalm 91? God, you're my refuge, my fortress, my God, in you I put my trust. And so as we look at this Psalm, uh, I was going to say over this day, but we're going to close in a few moments, but over the next couple of weeks, and as we Ask the Holy Spirit to make these promises of protection that are so vital and critical to us because we're passing through tumultuous times in the day and age in which we live. That God is speaking something to our heart 
and that is that we have no reason to fear. We mentioned that last week, didn't we? That doctors and psychiatrists and social workers are saying so much more horrible than this pandemic has been the pandemic of fear that has gripped the hearts of so many. And clinical depression is way up there where people now need to be on meds because they can't cope with the fear. And no wonder, because does not the word of God say, fear hath torment, but God's perfect love casts out all fear. And so we concluded our message last week as we looked at verse 3. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the pestilence and the perilous pestilence. And I'm just going to give you the first point of my message this morning, and that is this. The first reason that God's word tells us in Psalm 91 that we should not fear is because we have the promise of God. Now, I know promises are funny things, but it depends on who is giving the promise. Because if they are a person of integrity, if they are someone in whom you can implicitly trust, then there's something about that promise that brings so much comfort to your heart. Isn't that true? And the certainty by which the psalmist speaks here in verse 3 is awesome, and I just love this. Surely, there is no shadow of doubt, and this is God himself speaking. I will deliver you. The psalmist says, he, but who is the focus? He, God, your savior. He personally, not your pastor, not your church family, but God, he shall deliver you. You know, in life, we often need deliverance. My son spoke about the crisis that he went through. He needed to be delivered from what he was going through. And God wants us to know today that, that there are things that we will have to go through. He does not promise that you're not going to have to go through it. But he promises, surely. Do you want a guarantee in your life? Surely he shall deliver you. Isn't that the whole reason why Jesus came? <laughs> To bring a salvation. What is salvation? Salvation is deliverance. And as we walk with the Lord, we experience this progressive deliverance. I think I've spoken to you in the past of the three tenses of salvation. Paul speaks about that to us in Corinthians where he tells us that we have been delivered. That's in the past. 
We have been delivered from the penalty of sin. When you give your life to Jesus Christ, you don't have to worry about payment for the sins that you've committed because Jesus paid the price. Jesus, as the song says, paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin has left a crimson stain, but he washed it white as snow. He delivered us from the penalty of sin. That is justification. <laughs> Isn't that a miracle? The minute we bow before the cross of Jesus Christ and we repent of our sin, what happens? A new life, justified. Do you know what justified means? Just as if you had never sinned. That's deliverance. That I could stand before God as his righteous child, even though all of my life I had lived in sin, even though I had done the most awful things, even though I hated God and hated everything about God, when I accepted Jesus Christ and the Spirit of God came into my heart, he justified me just as if I had never sinned. Past tense. I believe there's a slide uh, concerning these three tenses. The present tense, he is now delivering us from the power of sin. Yeah, unfortunately, when we got saved, we didn't instantly lose our taste for sin. God came into our spirit. He gave us a regenerated spirit because we were dead in our trespasses and sins, but we still have a soul that has been tainted by sin and has developed a certain taste for certain sins. And you will know if you've been walking with the Lord, if you've experienced salvation, sometimes it happens instantly that these pet sins, you're delivered from them. But there are other times where there is a progressive something that is taking place, and we call that sanctification, where he's consecrating us, and he's making us holy, and our lives are being conformed to the image of his son. And then there is a future tense to salvation. Paul says he will yet deliver us. What's he going to deliver us from? The presence of sin. <laughs> so we're delivered in the past from the penalty of sin. Presently, we are being delivered from the power of sin. As we walk with Jesus, you start noticing something. Wow, well, I used to be drawn to that, but not anymore. That used to be pleasurable to me. Not anymore. And then there is that glorious prospect that the day is coming where we shall be yet delivered. And when we leave this body and we are present with the Lord or should the trumpet sound and we be taken up into the heavens to meet the Lord in the clouds of glory, we shall be forever delivered from the presence of sin with all of its accompanying fruits sickness and sorrow and pain and heartache and despair and discouragement. What a day that will be 
when my Jesus I shall see and delivered forever from all of this earth that tears us down and discourages us and trips us up. But it's the full salvation that Jesus died to bring us. And when these tenses of salvation are spoken of in the scripture, believe it or not, they're all spoken of as in the past tense because God is so sure of what he is going to do that he sees it as already accomplished. So if you're discouraged today thinking, why aren't I getting victory over this? God promises he will perfect that which concerns you. So you can place your trust, you can place your confidence in him. He is a faithful God. And that great salvation that originated in eternity past will be consummated in eternity future. Oh, I'm looking forward to all that God has in store in this great deliverance. And to know today that as I walk with him, as I embrace his word, as I allow the word of God to become part and parcel of who I am, I could live a life without fear. Why? Because he has promised to deliver me. And today we are no longer slaves of fear. Why? Because we're children of the Most High God. We're going to stand and sing that song together. I believe they're going to, Jack, can you turn that on for us? I'm no longer a slave to fear.